GBU Tuesday kicks off with the Coastal. We have some really good things happening around the Triangle. We have even better things going on for some teams who are getting their first Coastal win, first ACC win of the season, but some bad being around our champions. What the world's going on there? But more than that, it's getting ugly in that uh, Virginia is for lover's state. We thought things were going great, but maybe not so much. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils. We've got GBU Tuesday going down talking about the coastal teams. And thankfully for Miami fans, you guys get a week off. I know you're all sitting chomping at the bit wondering what we were going to say about your team, but... You don't, you don't have to get, don't have to worry. You get a pass this go round. We are going to be talking about a lot of good things that happens in week five for some coastal teams. And JJ, of course, is going to kick things off with Duke because the positive news going that way. JJ, thanks so much for joining the show. Candace, it's good to see you as always. Tuesdays are better when I get the chance to talk about the good, bad, and the ugly uh, for the Coastal Division of the ACC, and they're even more so greater when we're talking about a Duke football team that picked up a win over Virginia over the weekend. So uh, glad to talk about a variety of different topics here with you today. 100%. So let's kick off with the good, right? Duke getting their first ACC win on the season. A lot of people were saying, oh, because they lost to Kansas, a really good Kansas team. This team is sort of a fluke. We all knew they weren't going to be as good as we thought, yada, yada, yada. Now, this Virginia team is not that great. However, they were able to pick up a big win. And for someone who actually was in Wallace Wade on Saturday, it was pretty exciting to see the culture shift. Everything that people have been talking about, just the energy change with Mike Elko at the helm is certainly true. You were seeing fan sections. You were seeing people actually engaged in the game. I was taken by surprise, but kind of, you know, it echoed why this team is doing so much better. How did you feel knowing that they pulled off their first win of the ACC win of the season? Yeah, and it had been 13 straight ACC losses. The Blue Devils have lost <laughs> 13 consecutive games in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So to get one of them was a great feeling. For it to be your first one was even better. And so to watch Duke play the way that they did on Saturday, to see the energy and the environment there at Wallace Wade, as you're referencing, I talked to a lot of people uh, from the Section 17 podcast on my show each and every week. They're loud and proud there when it comes to Duke football. And now there are more people becoming louder and prouder of Duke football as the season goes forward. People are wisely giving Candace Cooper her flowers and her props for telling us to watch out for this Duke football team, even though the host of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast and myself wasn't as optimistic as to what this team would be able to amount to in year one of Mike Elko. So times are great in Durham, man. Football is a lot of fun right now to be four and one and to find yourselves kind of there in the driver's seat early but in the driver's seat there in the Coastal Division. 100%. Duke picked up a big win, 17 to 38-17 against Virginia. And for all intents and purposes, in October, we're typically talking about basketball, especially yep. at Duke. We are 100% talking about John Shire in his first year, which is all the same 
conversations, but it's nice to be able to talk about Duke football in a positive way. And it being Coach Elko's first year, you saw him go up against Tony Elliott and his squad, and it's just not clicking over there. I can't tell you what it is. I don't know if it's undisciplined, but something is not going right for Tony Elliott. And if, for you to see both coaches in their first year, how can you explain why it's going so well for Elko? Yeah, it's a good question to ask. And for a lot of times, it's been the offense that we're praising for Mike Elko for the Duke squad. And he's the defensive guy. So you wouldn't have expected to be talking so much about the offense. But the players really love their head coach, getting to hear them talk about uh, what he's meant to them personally. You know, oftentimes you see a coach come in and that first group of guys feel like they're not wanted because it's not the coach that recruited them to be there in the first place. But Elko has bought in and every single player on that Duke football roster is one of his guys. He has immediately made that clear and you could tell those players want to play for their new head football coach. I'm not saying that that is not the case for Tony Elliott and what's going on with Virginia this is the good, bad, and the ugly. So we'll get a little bit more to the Cavaliers later in the program. But that is why I think you've seen such a successful start from this Duke football team is that those players really do want to play well for their head coach. Absolutely. Another good we want to highlight here, North Carolina's big win against Virginia Tech, 41-10 to at home. Drake May, again, lighting it up on not only with his arm, but on the ground, having a stellar season, getting Rookie of the Week honors, getting Quarterback of the Week honors. This guy is just doing everything he can for this team. It helps the fact that, you know, Virginia Tech isn't playing as well as they would like in their year one with their first year coach, with Coach Pry. But you have to give a lot of credit to what, you know, Drake May is doing and then what the defense was able to help do for the first time in a while, which is play a complete game. Over 400 yards of offense total for Drake May, both passing and rushing. He accounted for five touchdowns for the Tar Heels. But you're right. That's the bigger takeaway right there is that we saw a North Carolina defense prove that they are the better team and not waste any time letting Virginia Tech stick around and be competitive in that football game. Like, job well done. Kudos to Gene Chizik and that defensive coaching staff understanding that Virginia Tech hasn't been that great this season, trying to force turnovers, doing that, and uh, being very, very productive on the defensive side of the football. 100% like me personally I shed like three thug tears I'm not gonna lie JJ it was like about time that the defense figured out how to play all the four quarters I was so proud I was like a proud auntie watching those guys just really get excited not only about getting turnovers but then getting points off turnovers it was just so many different like a finally moments for me during that game but it was, it was good to see Carolina get back into the groove in a very wide open coastal knowing that they still have a very viable chance of winning this bad boy when it's all said and done they do indeed. They're in the driver's seat as well with Duke. They've done a lot of great things so far. Uh, and for North Carolina, again, the sky's the limit for what they can do uh, the rest of the way here. They've got a big showdown with Duke, not this upcoming Saturday, but the following Saturday there in Durham. Who thought we'd be that excited for this matchup this early in the year? But there's going to be a lot up for grabs there in the Coastal Division when we get to that game. Absolutely. I was going to sit here and say this is the first time I ever felt like this game was actually competitive where there's things on the line where you can't actually say, oh, it's a it's a runaway for Carolina. Like, no, if it's going to be in Durham, you can't take the Blue Devils lightly. And I think it's going to be a great matchup when it's all said and done. Not only are we talking about the good, we also have to focus on a little, a couple bad things that happened 
throughout week five here for the Coastal teams, but the numbers don't lie. And in this last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simple Life Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. As Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you from cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitors monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com. Lock slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring program and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Talking with JJ Jackson here from Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Each and every week, he covers all things Duke. So make sure you guys check that out. If you have not known this, good, bad, and ugly, we do this every Monday and Tuesday where we recap the good games, the bad ga- things that happened during the weeks prior. Now, for the bad here, gotta talk about Pittsburgh, number 24 team at the time, faced off against a Georgia Tech team who had just fired their coach in Jeff, Col- Jeff Collins. They were looking for some leadership, but somehow, some way, they dug deep and were able to pull off a major upset against the Panthers. When you saw the score at the end of this game, were you like, what in the world is going on for Pitt? Yeah, no, I really was. I did not expect this to be the outcome. You mentioned the fact that it was Brent Key's coaching debut uh, as the interim. What a moment that's got to be for him now being the uh, interim head coach for his alma mater, a, a program that he's known and loved for much of his life, leading them in a game on the road at Pitt was just so impressive for them to be able to get the job done like that. I just I wasn't expecting that to be the case. I thought for sure Pitt would be able to kind of run through Georgia Tech. But you saw that team play inspired. You saw Georgia Tech do some good things with Jeff Sims, at quarterback still, uh, throwing the ball for one score and then being able to run it as well. And then Hall rushing for 157 yards for the Yellow Jackets. Like, all in all, a good day for Georgia Tech. And you got to give them credit for what they were able to do. Yeah, I think the most impressive thing for me was the defense. Three take three takeaways and being able to just stay in the game and never let Pittsburgh feel comfortable. Not yeah. only that, but we saw glimpses of it of that when they played Clemson, Clemson in the beginning of the season. You saw their defense actually shake and make DJU nervous. Of course, it's the first game of the year. People say that, oh, we'll see, we don't pay too much into it. But you saw the potential of Georgia Tech. You've always known Jeff Sims has something. Now to be able to see it come to fruition with a different coach, it maybe I feel like it relaxed everybody. And now they can take it one game at a time and maybe still come out. And again, this coastal chaos craziness, you never know what could happen, but they certainly have a lot of season ahead. I'm glad you brought up the turnovers. That's big for, for Pittsburgh to turn the football over three times. Georgia Tech didn't turn it over at all. So Georgia Tech wins the turnover battle right there. You're able to turn those turnovers into points. It puts you in a better position to win the football game. The other number that stands out defensively for Georgia Tech, Candace, and looking at it, I still couldn't believe it. I really could not believe that this was true. But on Saturday in that game between Georgia Tech and Pitt, on third downs, Pitt was just two for 12 on third downs. Remarkable job by that Yellow Jackets defense to come up with stops when they needed to, forcing punts, 
forcing turnovers and being able to get their offense back out onto the field. Great job with turnovers and a remarkable job with third down defense. Again, Pitt, just two of 12 on third down on Saturday. And what's even more stressful to me, last point I'll to say about Pitt here, is the fact that Keaton Slovis was your starter. He had a decent game. It wasn't like he had, you know, bad yards. He was foaming all around, do all the things. Do you keep Keaton? Do you maybe make a switch and go with Nate Yarnell, who was kind of giving you a little more juice than Keaton has been doing this this throughout this season? I don't know if Keaton is the guy, despite having an okay game. I'm I'm still not convinced that he would be my QB one. What about you? He certainly hasn't proved to be, and and that's kind of crazy. I didn't think we'd be in this spot once he transfers from USC. I thought he'd have a much better year than he's shown to have so far this season. But 305 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, but the QBR uh, was only 37.2 on Saturday for Keaton Slovis. You, you mentioned kind of the backup there, Nate Yarnell. I don't know that I would want to necessarily jump there just yet, Pitt is still 3-2 and two on the year. They still have a lot of big games. They're still not out of it. I mean, we joke about Duke and North Carolina being in the driver's seat there in the Coastal, Candace. It's been one week of conference play, really, all in all. So I wouldn't panic just yet and move on from Keaton Slovis there as QB1, but it might be getting close. Yeah, and you know, I also think that Miami fans would be pissed off at us right now if you were giving the driver's seat to other people because they are so hell-bent on making sure we all know that the Canes are the ones. But all I'm saying is ain't nobody over here lost in the Middle Tennessee State to the world. So (laughs) hopefully have had a week to regroup. And they are also having these quarterback QB1 conversations. But I still definitely believe that you should go with Tyler Van Dyke. It's more so an indictment on the coaching than it is on the actual player because we've actually seen him do well. But you never know how it's going to go in Miami. They, They do get a little excited, a little antsy, and it's only been Again, five weeks worth of college football, but I will say if there's ever a time for the Coastal to be crazier, this is the opportunity for you to kind of make your stake your claim and take it one game at a time. So there's that. But there's also some ugly things that happened over the weekend, teams that couldn't quite figure it out. Let's talk about Virginia and Virginia Tech here. I don't know what's going on in the state of Virginia, but it's not going well. I'm so confused as a team that I thought with Brendan Armstrong, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league, not only league, country struggling. You know, Virginia Tech, you figure a new coach, but he's kind of bringing some of that old school style with him. It probably would have done better, but it's not quite fading out to what we would expect in year one. And yet they are struggling mightily. Their Super Bowl might just be the game against each other. What are your thoughts? What have your thoughts been about both Virginia and Virginia Tech? We can start with whichever one. Yeah, no, for both of these teams, you mentioned kind of the transition era from previous coaching staffs taking the next step forward with them. And Virginia is obviously one that I've been paying a little bit closer attention to just because of the Duke schedule and just because uh, that was the team that the Blue Devils just played prior. And also because Tony Elliott was very much so in the mix for the Duke head coaching job. And so uh, what was so strange talking about that Duke and Virginia Tech game, or excuse me, Duke and Virginia game all last week, like we were on Lockdown Blue Devils, who would have thought we would have been praising so much of Mike Elko's offense being the defensive guy and praising so much of Tony Elliott's defense with him being the offensive guy. It's a little strange. Didn't think that dynamic would take place. But with the Cavaliers, just the inability to score has been kind of baffling. I mean, it's it's really, really wild that, uh, you know, you look at that game and Duke wins 38-17. They've got the three-touchdown margin there. Duke ran the ball way better 
than I thought they would. And you were there in person, Candace. But yeah. if you were to say to me before the game starts that Riley Leonard is only going to have 129 yards passing, I would have said, my, oh, my, the Virginia defense took over, balled out. I'm sure their offense played well, too. Like, I wouldn't have given Duke a shot in this game. 129 yards passing, given the way the offense looked the first four games of the season, I would have thought Virginia would have been in a better spot. So uh, that is definitely the team that I've been way more surprised by their struggles. 100%. And for someone who has gotten a chance to, like, talk and look about – look. For Clemson, excuse me, let me try this again. <laughs> Been a day. For someone who has had the opportunity to look at Tony Elliott in the past when he was at Clemson and just think about his play calling there, could he have potentially been the problem when you look at play calling, decision making, and maybe it's coming to pass here now that he's at Virginia? Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't know we'd go this deep with his Clemson days for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if you're Tony Elliott, Candace, you would, you would just point to the trophy case still yes. and, and be able to show off all the titles that you were able to win on staff there with Dabo and uh, with great players at the end of the day, great players, help coaches look great, make the offense look great. And so, uh, yeah, I'd have to spend more time kind of thinking about that one. Yeah, uh, but you're right. It, it does. Um, you, you do want to ask that question. If Clemson can continue to be a well-oiled machine with both of their coordinators now being head coaches at their own respective schools. We've seen it at Alabama already year after year after year. Nick Saban has turned over coordinators and been perfectly fine. This is one of the first real legit coordinator turnovers that Dabo Sweeney has had to go through. So we'll see how that plays out over the next few years. And that could be more of a nod to Dabo and the fact that his coaching and a lot of people criticize that is a lot better than people say. And maybe Tony Elliott, I and mean, clearly he mentored some of the guys that came from underneath him. So I think it's just a matter of maybe we need to be more patient. And I'm willing to be patient with guys. I think that he has the administration's full support. So I'm not even worried about Virginia. But Virginia Tech, I think from what we know for what Virginia Tech used to be, it's sad to see them be so terrible, to be to put it nicely. Yeah, like, that's I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> Go ahead. 10 points this past weekend versus North Carolina, 10 points the week prior against West Virginia. We mentioned they lost the first week of the year to Old Dominion by three points there at the Horn. Uh, they're taking on Pitt this upcoming weekend, and Pitt, rightfully so, is a two-touchdown favorite against Virginia Tech. It's time for the Hokies to, you know, put some ball together, play some good football. Grant Wells at quarterback uh, needs to lead that room, lead that bunch, because uh, it could be tough here on out for Virginia Tech. Their next three, Candace, you've got at Pitt, at home against Miami, and then you're playing in Raleigh at NC State. That is really tough sledding coming up for the Hokies. Yeah, and I can't remember the last time I ever looked at a schedule, saw Virginia Tech on the docket, and felt like it was a gimme. Right. I felt like, you know, all right, it's not a team we necessarily had to worry about. I, I never had that inkling about Virginia Tech just because of who they are in the in the program and the brand that they've built. You never thought it was a gimme. Right now they are giving gimme. Now they can turn it around. It's five five weeks into the season. There's a lot of games left, but they have got to have some internal conversations. They gotta have some like team player only talks to get themselves on a different page because there is talent there. They just certainly have to kind of push it a little bit more forward. Guys, if you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of the life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. 
delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Let me introduce you to the new chocolate cookie. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, 100% covered in real chocolate. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Dish the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. Again, using promo code LOCKEDON15. So we're wrapping up the show here with J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils. We talked about good, bad, and ugly here for all of the teams in the Coastal Division that is still very much wide open. How confident do you feel like Duke can pull off being the Coastal champion when it's all said and done? I'm going to throw it out here. Give me, give me a wild take, J.J. <laughs> I, know you, I know it's crazy, but could it potentially happen? I mean, they're they're making a good case so far. So far, so good. Uh, a Kansas team that you mentioned that's their only loss so far this year. Kansas won again. Uh, we're going to have college game day going to Lawrence this upcoming weekend for a TCU versus Kansas football game all offseason long. We assumed all eyeballs would be on the Dabba or excuse me on the Jimbo Fisher Nick Saban matchup this upcoming Saturday between uh, Texas A&M and Alabama. Instead, it's Kansas TCU. That's crazy. But for Duke football, you've got Georgia Tech, you've got North Carolina in back-to-back weeks. I mean, if they win those two games, Georgia Tech on the road, Duke's favorite in that one. You're playing UNC at home. You like your chances in that matchup even still. Then momentum can start to build up. You've got those big showdowns coming up with Pitt, Miami later in the year. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm feeling definitely more confident than I was earlier this year. I still am kind of in a believe it or, excuse me, see it and I'll believe it state. But uh, I'm definitely way more optimistic than I was at the start of the year. That's for sure. Absolutely. I will say, though, it's kind of tough being a Coastal girl myself. It's hard to look at the Coastal, any team that you pick. And anybody you line up against in the Atlantic Division, it's just not even going to be close. I feel like ACC right now is just Atlantic. And if they, that would be the ultimate upset for a Coastal team to pull off that win. Yeah, no, it would be. Major, major upset if that were to happen. You're, not, you're, you're right about that, that's for sure. I know all the Atlantic Division teams are like, thank you, God, we are getting rid of these divisions. Because, I mean, truthfully, I would love to see a North Carolina State Clemson rematch. I think that's one of the reasons why I am glad that we're doing away with this. I would also like to see a Wake Forest still in the hunt for an opportunity to play an ACC championship. It sucks yeah. that between those three, you know, only one can go ahead and represent the Atlantic Division when it's all said and done. Really fair point. When you feel like you're in a lopsided division, I know, um, you know, in, in, in the SEC, traditionally, the Western Division that features Alabama and LSU and Auburn, Oftentimes they're looking at the East and it's like, it's only Georgia over there. Florida's really yeah. falling off. Tennessee's irrelevant most year, you know? So uh, sometimes you do feel like they're a lopsided division. So to put it in an area where it doesn't matter, we're just going to take the two best teams, let them compete for the championship. I think that's great. And so uh, in the coming years, I'm excited to see that adopted by the ACC. No doubt. JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you here on this show. Can you please remind the folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Most certainly, Candace. Enjoy talking football with you each and every Tuesday here on Locked On ACC. Locked On Blue Devils available all five days of the week, talking everything Duke athletics. You mentioned the great play by this Duke football team, 4-1 and one on the year. But basketball season is right around the corner. Here we are. Basketball practice has opened up. A couple Fridays from now, we'll have countdown to craziness. And on November 7th, 
we'll have tip-off for the first Duke men's basketball game of the season. It's going to be here before we know it. You can find all of that at Lockdown Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. It's a great time of year, Candace. that's for sure. A hundred percent. Get a blend of all those great college sports. Guys, come back tomorrow. AJ Black will have the reads and rankings. I know he's got some crazies. I know he's feeling excited because last week he was a little downtrodden about Boston College. Maybe this week will be a little bit different. They won't be dead last. We'll talk about it. For Candace Cooper and JJ Jackson. Until next time.